Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. This is Shannon, and tonight I'm here with Georgina and Brooke, and we are going to talk about books featuring female detectives or investigators. So we will get started with the usual housekeeping information, then Brooke will start us off, followed by me and Georgina will end the round. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So my first book tonight is Shadow Falls, Detective Madison Harper, number one by Wendy Dranfield. So in this book, our main character's name is Madison, and she was wrongly accused of killing some police, some police officers. So she spent seven, uh, sorry, six years of a 10 year sentence in prison. And now she's been in a halfway house for about seven months. So she's read an article about a man named Nate, who's a private investigator. And he was also wrongly accused. He was accused of killing his fiance, and he spent 17 years on death row before he yeah. was exonerated. And it's been two years now. And so she has decided to contact him and see if he can help her figure out like who framed her. Because she wants to know. Because in addition to going to prison, she also lost custody of her son. So she Aww. wants him back, obviously. So Nate's not sure that he wants to take on this case because he's not completely convinced that she's innocent. But she convinces him to take on her case. Um, in exchange, she is going to help him investigate any cases that come in. So one of his associates asks him to look into a case so a girl named Jenny has gone missing at a summer camp. And so while looking into this case, Madison discovers some things about the family and about the situation. And at the same time, she's also learning stuff about her own case and also helping Nate figure out his. So I really, really like the character development in, this, this, in these books. Um, the next books in the series are really, really good. 
and I totally recommend it. So this is Shadow Falls, Detective Madison Harper, number one, and it's by Wendy Dranfield. I have this. I just have not read it yet. I really like it. Um, I think there's three out. Yeah, I think there's three out so far, and I've liked all of them. All right. So my first pick tonight takes the whole detective thing in a little bit of a different direction. This is The Verifiers by Jane Peck. If you're looking this up online, it's Peck, P-E-K. And this is about Claudia. Now, Claudia loves mystery novels. When she was in college, she wrote her thesis on Jane Austen. And pretty much the only thing that she's ever really wanted to do is to be some kind of famous detective. But in real life, you know, people don't usually get to become famous detectives. So romance, mystery novels, you know, all these things like make her really happy. Things that her parents have always kind of viewed as like silly. Um, She is Chinese American. Her parents, her mother especially, wants her to get like this really high powered job, find a conventional Chinese man to marry and just kind of like settle down and live her vision of the American dream. But Claudia isn't really ready for that. And she has been keeping secrets from her family. One of them is that it's not actually men that she's interested in dating. She actually prefers women. And also she quit her corporate job and is now working in this secret online dating sort of verifying organization. So her job consists of looking at all kinds of profiles of people who are on various online dating sites and verifying whether the information these people are putting here is true. Now, no one can know that this organization, which is called Veracity, exists. And to Claudia, this is like the perfect job for her. Um, She figures this is the closest thing that she can find to actually being a detective. But the people that Claudia works for are very quick to tell her that, no, she's actually not a detective. Like, she's not supposed to solve any mysteries. She's just supposed to find the information, give it to the people who ask for it, and move on. This is very, very hard for Claudia to do, especially when one of the women who comes to her asking for certain accounts to be verified goes missing and eventually ends up dead. So now Claudia is breaking protocol and deciding that she is going to find out what really happens to this person. And as she does this, she, of course, turns up all kinds of secrets, um, both about kind of the whole industry of like online dating and then also about this individual client that, you know, she has been investigating This is a quieter type of mystery novel. There's not a lot of like high action scenes. You know, it's not a thriller in the sense that it's going to keep you like on the edge of your seat. But I love Peck's use of technology here and the way that she really looks at how all of the algorithms that sort of dictate, you know, the things we see on social media, the things we buy online, the people that we may or may not see on dating sites based on, you know, whatever kind of information 
these companies use to make their algorithms work the way they want them to. She just does such a great job of kind of bringing this to life on the page and really digging deep into both the the good things that technology has done and perhaps some of the harm that people behind the technology can still do. So this is The Verifiers by Jane Peck. It right now appears to be a standalone, although I would definitely be in favor of more Claudia adventures if the author decided to go that way. That sounds That's really, really cool. good. Yeah, I agree. it is very yeah. good. It just came out like at the end of February. So it's, it's pretty new. The first book um, I'm going to talk about is called What Sam Knew by Steve Higgs. Um, this is a series and there's two parts to the series. Um, the main character, Patricia Fisher, is a detective in England, but then she also is a detective on a ship called the Aurelia. And so she goes through, you see it's, I think there's 21 books total, but one has 11 (laughs) books and one has 10. Anybody could read this. There's no sex, no violence. Ah. They're just straight up cozy mysteries. Oh, neat. What Sam knew is about a woman who hires Patricia to look into her husband's death because the police tell her it was a climbing accident and she doesn't believe his equipment uh, malfunctioned. So she hires Patricia to look into it. At first, Patricia agrees um, out of obligation And especially when she reviews the equipment, she doesn't see anything wrong, but she freely admits that she doesn't know like what, what climbing equipment does or doesn't do. So she hires an expert. She also gets a case that day of a woman who claims that her ex-boyfriend stole her dog. So... (laughs) While Patricia is investigating that, she realizes that both investigations are linked. Oh. So now she has to figure out how and why and who. And they're very um, cute. They're light reads when you don't want to really think. Um, That one is called What Sam Knew by Steve Higgs amazing that he has like so many books and like he's he's never even like been on my radar so my next book is count to three by t.r reagan and our main character's name is danny and after some intense ivf her and her husband had a daughter named uh, tinsley And sadly, Tinsley goes missing on her first day of kindergarten. She was taken by a woman that the school officials say looked like Danny. 
And so Danny is pretty upset about this. But now we fast forward five years and Danny is a private investigator and she's working alongside a woman named Quinn. Um, and together, they, um, their mission is to help find missing people. So Danny still has not found Tinsley. And of course, she's not forever forgotten about it. And so while looking into Tinsley's continuously throughout this book, we learn more about Tinsley. But we also learn about a new case, um, a young boy named Ethan, he comes into her office and tells her and Quinn about a, like an abduction that he witnessed. Um, a girl named Allie, she was grabbed and taken into a white van and never to be seen. So as Danny looks into this, she learns that the police think that she's just a runaway and that they don't really believe Ethan and what he says because Ethan also has a bit of a troubled past. Like he's not, he's not the most straight arrow kid. So of course they don't really want to listen to him. It's kind of neat this book because we also get to see Allie with her abductor. And part of the scary part about the abduction is she's been taken by a man who's decided that she is going to learn to love him and want to be with him forever. So along with these, along with this Ali's case, we're also, as I said, learning more about Tinsley's case. And then we get to see kind of like how they all kind of get wrapped up. So I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to give anything away, but this is Count to Three, and it's by T.R. Reagan. I think Natalia just read this, like, within the last week or so. I really liked it. I read it um, in January. I think right around when it came out, I thought. So my second book is a standalone from author Julia Heberlin. This is We Are All the Same in the Dark. And this book really creeped me out in a number of ways. Oh. So this is set in a small town in Texas. And years ago, a young woman named Trumanel went missing. And it's been quite a while since that happened, but there are still like posters all over town about this case. And people are still promising that one day they will learn what really happened and they will bring her home. Now her brother is guilty in the eyes of everyone in town. Like they're pretty sure, they don't know what happened exactly, but they're pretty sure that he did something to her. And they're just basically waiting like to be able to prove it. There is a cop named Odette and she is the youngest detective on this local police force. And she has some interesting ties to Trumanel. Like they were not best friends, but they had, you know, some, some connections. So she was very, very aware of this case when it first happened. And it's actually this case that sort of prompted her to become a police officer. 
So the story starts, like we start following things when Truminelle's brother finds a young girl abandoned in a field. And he sees this as a sign. Now, we don't know what he thinks it's a sign of. Um, <laughs> like, it's, it's very unclear. But he is convinced that this is a sign of something. So he takes this girl home with him and lets Odette know that he's found her. So now Odette is trying to figure out the truth behind like what happened to this missing girl all those years ago, but also trying to figure out who this child is that Wyatt has, has found. And does this in any way connect to what happened so many years before? Um, the story shifts point of view a few times. And so it's important to pay pretty close attention to like the narrative style so that you always know whose point of view you're in. Um, but I really liked Odette. She is one of the few police detectives I've read about who has a noticeable um, physical disability. She is an amputee. And so we learn throughout the book, like what led to that and kind of how she has learned to cope with it and how it has and hasn't impacted her ability to, to be a police detective. This is the first book I've read by this author, but she does have quite a backlist. So I do plan to pick up her other stuff, but this is We Are All the Same in the Dark by Julia Heberlin. That sounds good though. It is very good, very creepy, very atmospheric. Um, you know, it's definitely, it has that strong sense of place where you really feel like you're, you know, there. where the where the book is set. My second book is When We Believed in Mermaids by Barbara O'Neill. Kit has lost her sister and... Her mother lives not too far from her. And one day she gets back from the hospital where she's a doctor and sees her sister on TV. At first she thinks, I have to be hallucinating. No way is that my sister. She's dead. But then her mom sees her too. So then her mom sends her to New Zealand to see what she can find. And she has to dig through all these clues of what happened to her sister. And she finds something totally unexpected. This one is called When We Believed in Mermaids by Barbara O'Neill. Sounds really interesting. This was the first Barbara O'Neill that kind of had that like hint of mystery. Usually she writes these like really kind of food centered um, kind of rom-coms almost like women's fiction crossed with, with romance. Um, And I really enjoyed kind of the, the different, different take on, on things that when we believed in mermaids presented. So my third book is One Left Behind, Detective Morgan Brooks, number one by Helen Pfeiffer. 
So as you can guess, our main character's name is Morgan. And it's her first day on patrol by herself. Um, she's a rookie detective and she has been called out to the scene where she discovers a, um, a young man holding up the body of a woman who's hanging from a tree. So she finds Ooh. out that the woman's name is Olivia. And unfortunately, she is deceased. Um, and the young boy, the young man is the boyfriend of one of her daughters. She learns that the family is um, missing. Like she doesn't know where the family is. And the more she learns about, like the more she talks to this young man and the more she kind of like thinks about what has happened, she she thinks there's something going on. Like she doesn't quite believe what's being said. So she tells her supervisor and he tells her that she's welcome to look further into this. She wanted to talk to her supervisor mostly because as I said, she's a rookie. So she's never really just um, investigated a case like this. She's kind of like, like, guessing bad things when bad things aren't really true because a lot of people are thinking that Olivia just like did it like she hung herself so Morgan goes back to the scene um and she discovers um the husband as well as the two daughters in the basement there's lots of blood and their faces are being covered by like these like small pieces of white cloth so she decides to obviously check and see if anybody's alive and she discovers that Bronte is alive so she promise she holds Bronte's hand and promises her that she's going to figure out what has happened and that they're not going to get away with this so as she is investigating more we're learning things about the family and about the people around them that we didn't, that weren't really quite expected. And I'm going to leave it there because otherwise I'm going to give away too much. Um, but this is a great series. I absolutely love it. I love the interactions between like the other, um, between Morgan and the other people on her investigative team. And I also like the um, possible budding romance between her and her supervisor. So this is One Left Behind, Detective Morgan Brooks, number one, and it's by Helen Pfeiffer. On my list. So my next book is The Lost Ones, Nora Watts, book one by Sheena Kamal. This is a series set primarily in British Columbia, although Nora, who is our protagonist, does sometimes have reason to head across the border into Detroit. She takes these long flights and ends up in Detroit for reasons that I can't tell you right now. But Nora Watts is kind of a mess. Like that's the best way I can describe her. She doesn't have a steady place to live. She is a recovering alcoholic. 
she has a ton of kind of unresolved drama with her sister. There's just so much that is like on the verge of disaster for Nora. So when we first meet her, she is sleeping in a place where she probably shouldn't be sleeping. And her cell phone rings. And it's a strange man. And he tells her that his daughter is missing. And she's kind of like, well, okay, like, I'm sorry to hear that. But like, why, you know, why are you telling me? And come to find out, this is the child that Nora gave up for adoption, like 15 years ago. And her adopted parents are wondering if somehow Bonnie found out who her birth mother was and has come looking for Nora. So Nora is first, like, just not sure she wants to get involved in this. Like she is in no position to really like take on one more thing. But when she is texted a photo of her daughter, she sees it and kind of instantly like feels some kind of connection to her. And so she decides that she has to try to figure out what is what's going on and where, where Bonnie has gone. So she starts to ask a lot of questions. And of course, you know, in a book, whenever someone starts asking a lot of questions, like very bad things happen. And this <laughs> book is no exception. Nora gets herself into just so many situations that are just really hard to comprehend. Like even as you're sitting here reading them, you're just like, wait, like how, how does this happen? Um, I will say that if you are someone who wants your characters to do the right thing all the time, Nora is not going to be someone that you, you click with because Nora is at her core, just deeply flawed. And more often than not, she doesn't really know what the right thing is. Um, She acts first and thinks later. And that gets her into all sorts of trouble, some of which is like legal trouble, some of which is just sort of like an ethical kind of dilemma that she finds herself in. Um, A lot of her decisions are are questionable, like as the reader who's sitting here with, you know, kind of a a clear perspective, um, you see that some of the things that Nora decides to do are not the best. And yet, you are able to kind of understand why she does some of the things that she does. She is deeply mistrustful of most people around her. And this makes it really difficult for her to ask for help or to accept help when it's offered. If you do this in audio, it is read by the most remarkable Bonnie Turpin, Um, which is part of what I loved about this so much. So this is The Lost Ones, Nora Watts, book one by Sheena Kamal. I'll be looking for this book. Yes, I think you She sounds a hot mess. (laughs) She she is. Like she's sleeping. She's like illegally sleeping in the basement of this office building where she works. Oh. And her boss like doesn't know it. (laughs) <laughs> and there's just like all this stuff going on that like shouldn't be. My third book is Postmortem by Patricia Cornwell. And um, Dr. K. Scarpetta is a medical examiner. 
and she is working for the state of Virginia. And Dr. Scarpetta is called out to a scene at 2.30 in the morning because there is a serial killer who's killed three other women. So Dr. Scarpetta has to figure out the, um, the clues forensically before the guy kills someone else. And Dr. Scarpetta has a really difficult time with the males in her life from the police officers to the oh, I hate that guy to the to her um her boyfriend at the time and reporters so she's always under the spotlight and while all this madness is going on she has her 10-year-old niece Lucy visiting from Florida so Dr. Scarpetta has to do this all while her niece is visiting. This is Postmortem by Patricia Cornwell, book number one. I just read um, she had her 25th book came out in November, which I didn't even know until January. So my last book is Snow Creek. Detective Megan Carpenter, number one, by Greg Olson. So when the book first starts, we kind of enter it in like from three different storylines. So the first one is um, Regina. Yeah, I think that's how you say her name. Regina and her um, wife. And there's a story with them. And they kind of live, they live in um, Snow Creek in an area where people don't really want, they want to be like off the grid and they don't want anyone to bother them. So Regina is kind of like walking around their property and um, she comes across something and I'm not going to say what because I don't want to give it away. Um, Another storyline that we follow um is Megan Carpenter and she's kind of two storylines but the main one is she a woman comes in to the police station um her name is Ruth and her sister Ida has been missing for about a month and Ruth is very worried about her sister and she's also very worried about Ida's children because she doesn't know like what's like what's going on because she can't really call them or anything because they're also part of this community where they they want to be off the grid and they don't really have any of like the ability to communicate um Ruth actually comes to town on the bus because her husband doesn't really agree that she should get into this whole situation so Megan goes out to Ida's farm and she finds her two teenage children. They're um, Josh and Sarah, 
I think it's Sarah. And they're fought. They, they're fine. They're worried about their parents. They said their parents left um, a couple of weeks ago to go and do something. And they were, they were expecting them back, but they also thought that if something had really happened, that they probably would have, like somebody in the community might've told them. So the other part of the other storyline that we have is from Megan's past. Um, she has a, she has a past that we learn more about throughout the book, but part of it that I will say is that she has these tape, like these tapes that she listens to pretty much every night or whenever she's feeling stressed. It's um, recordings from when she was in therapy when she was young. So her original name is not Megan. There's a whole backstory to that. And we learn it as the book goes on and we learn it even more as the series goes on. So as she is trying to figure out what has happened to Ida and also trying to make sure that Ida's children are okay, we're learning more about the community. And we also learn how Regina and her girlfriend, her wife, sorry, how their lives intersect with Ida's. And then we also see, like, will Megan be able to deal with her own problems while also helping, trying to figure out where Ida and her husband has disappeared to? So this is Snow Creek, Detective Megan Carpenter, number one, and it's by Greg Olson. Greg Olson writes amazing true crime. I have not read any of his fiction yet. But his true crime um, is, is super intense. So my last pick tonight um, has kind of a connection to Brooke's last pick. This is a series that she recommended to me um, kind of right as, as 2022 was getting started. So this is A Merciful Death, Mercy Kilpatrick, book one by Kendra Elliott. And this is set in a small Oregon community where tons of people want to be off the grid. Um, so Mercy is an FBI agent, but before she was an FBI agent, she lived in Eagles Nest, Oregon with her family and they were what is known as preppers. And so they were always like waiting for this disastrous thing to happen. They never really knew what the disaster would be but her father was pretty sure that it was going to come. And as a result, he taught all of his children like what they would need to know to stay safe in the midst of basically like what would be the apocalypse. But something happened in the family and Mercy was kind of cast out. And so she hasn't seen them in quite a long time. Now, though, she is back on an investigation that is involving the mysterious deaths of a number of preppers within this community and the stealing of like a bunch of weapons. And so people are wondering, like, is this going to be some kind of domestic terrorism thing? Like what, you know, why are all these weapons going missing? What will people be doing with them? So Mercy is, of course, trying to solve this case. But she's also trying to decide what role her family can have in her life going forward. 
Um, she has brothers and sisters that she cares about. And some of them seem very willing to engage with her while some not so much. So she's also assisting local law enforcement in this investigation. And so this kind of brings her to the attention of the new chief of police, whose uncle is the last victim of this, this criminal. So Mercy and Truman, who is the chief of police, kind of join forces. And you can tell from pretty early on that there is a little bit of an attraction between them. Although because of everything that goes on for Mercy, you're not really sure like how that's gonna play out. Um, I will say Mercy has a blind sister named Rose. And for the I most part, I, yes, for the most part, I am pretty okay with Elliot's depiction of, of a blind character. However, I will say that I got very tired very quickly of Rose never talking in a way that includes vision. Like she would always say, oh, and you know, I could hear in so-and-so's voice that they were very upset. And I was always like, mm, I, I don't know anyone who talks like that, but okay. Like that's usually how I want people not to talk around me. <laughs> but yeah. aside from that, um, I did really appreciate the depiction of a blind character who is, you know, for the most part capable and just a, a functional member of a community. I have read the first two in this series so far. The third one is sitting on my iPad. I think there are six or seven um, in total, but I'm really enjoying it. It is, I would say a, a pretty good comparison would be um, for the Kate Burkholder series by Linda Castillo. Oh. So if you like those, that kind of small insular community and someone being drawn back to a community that they have you know, ties to, but they're still kind of an outsider. Um, if you enjoy that about Kate Burkholder, then you are likely to enjoy Mercy as well. So this is A Merciful Death, Mercy Kilpatrick, book one by Kendra Elliott. I was surprised at how much I liked it because the whole idea of prepper stuff just makes me kind of roll my eyes, but that's just because I'm not, in the whole idea that I'm gonna die some like I'm not like the world's we're all gonna die like I just kind of like it's just part of life like we're we're all gonna die at some point so I'm not gonna prepare for it yes my um last book ties into Shannon's and Brooks it is oh Kelly like Armstrong theme. Rockton series book one called City of the Lost. Um, Rockton is a town where you go to disappear permanently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and not where you're dead or anything, but you just, you go off the grid. Um, yeah, to like the Canadian Yukon. <laughs> yeah, like the, there's no cell phones, no electricity, no nothing. So you can't just dial up Domino's for your nearest pasta because it ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Casey Duncan is a police officer in Montreal. And I guess I want- so she and her best friend have to disappear um, because Casey gets attacked um, one night and she realizes that the person that she killed as a teenager it's payback time because she never got caught for that crime and her best friend is dealing with an ex or a boyfriend that's pretty abusive so her best friend diana hears of this place but the only thing is you have to sign up and be approved so they get approved they disappear into rockton But once Casey gets there, she realizes that there is a lot going on behind the scenes and she has to solve um, a murder while she's there. This is City of the Lost by Kelly Armstrong, book one. And there's seven books in this particular series. Now it's over. When I read this, like when it first came out, um, I really liked it because there weren't a lot of things like it out there. Like that whole, like you assume a new identity and you go to this like top secret place. Um, and then the cannibals came and, and I wasn't sure how I felt about oh, that. Oh yeah. Now I'm, I'm kind of resigned to the cannibals. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are, you know, unduly alarmed by cannibals, um, Rockton might not be place for you your jam and that brings us to the end of a look at some fantastic female detectives thank you to brooke and georgina for participating tonight as always thanks goes out to christine for all of her fantastic editing and of course we thank each and every one of you so much for joining us each week as we talk about great books If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.